What's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks so much for joining me once again. I hope you've all had an amazing week. Today, I'm joined by Leon Stentholm. He is a coach, author, counsellor, and gym owner from Queensland. He's got an incredible story. He works a lot with suicide prevention and the mental health sector. Um, he's an amazing bloke, incredible mindset, and super, super positive. Hope you really enjoy it, guys. I did do this interview over Facebook Live yesterday, so if you're tuning in today for the audio version, thank you for listening yesterday. I really do appreciate it. Hope you enjoy, guys. Let's get into it. All right, mate. How are you? I am absolutely amazing, buddy. How are you doing? I'm very good, mate. Very good. It's um, I'm just you know getting through and staying positive, and uh, and I'm, I'm loving the content you're putting through at the moment. All the positivity that you're pushing towards everyone, which is probably a massive, um, a, a really big uh, thing that we see a lot with you, which is awesome to see. Um, mate, tell us a bit about yourself. Tell us who you are. Yeah, mate. Obviously, I've, I've been in this game now for the last eight years, and obviously the fitness industry, but. But primarily focusing on the, the mental well-being of individuals. Now, that all started for myself when I lost a brother to suicide. So that was like a life-changer, game-changer for myself. So, And then obviously when I went down this road and changed careers and got in the fitness industry, I, for some reason people knew my story and I and I really seemed to attract that person that probably needed that little bit more assistance, that little bit more help, a little bit more time. And then I ended up training people that, I, that obviously then I found out that had some sort of mental illness and anxiety or that was suicidal, depression. And, and then I just seemed to be a magnet for these style of people. I just seemed to connect with them really well. And then and then it just sort of built from there. Then unfortunately then I lost a couple of clients to suicide, unfortunately, within a week of each other. And that was alarm bells ringing for me. So then I went one step further and decided to, I realised that people need a safe space, Sean. They need a place where they can open up, be themselves, an environment where they feel at home. So then I went on to build a gym. That's a closed gym. It's not open to the public. It's a gym where individuals can come here and just be themselves and they can just get, obviously, the full attention for myself. And then I can work on the psychology of that individual. And I found that other than just training individuals and just being a PT, so to speak, I actually learned the psychology side. And, and I really understand I started understanding people and understanding what they really wanted. And then things just built from there. And then, obviously, then my drive to be able to want to help as many people as I can, it just, it just expanded. And, and to do basically what I do today. So today, pretty much what my gym's here just for people that come and see me that have some sort of mental illness and we work through that, work through the psychology, train them up. And next minute, you know, they're getting on stage and they're turning into state champions, Australian champions, Olympic champions. It's quite it's quite a very unique story. And, um, yeah, it's a very humbling to sit back and watch, watch it all unfold. And, look, it doesn't happen, Sean, without the ups and downs. There's uh, stuff we could probably touch on later on, I'm sure, down the track. But... You know, whilst we've had a lot of success, it's, it's, it's a lot of work behind the scenes, as you know, with what you do. You know, you can't just spend an hour with someone and, and you think everything's going to be okay. It's a lot of work behind the scenes as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, mate. I think we're in a really um, great position in, in the fitness industry as well because we're in this um, this position where we have these people come to us and they're very vulnerable as well. So they're put in a vulnerable position where we're pushing them to their limits physically and I think when they are pushed their limits physically, it really does come out, you know, mentally as well. So their their limits are exceeded and their limits are really, really tested. So these things can really come up. And and I mean, I know you're you're probably exactly the same. You've had a lot of people come to you and and talk to you and say, "Hey, I, you know, I'm not doing so not doing so well." And um, you know, physical exercise is definitely a really, really great outlet for people. So I think. 
as you know, personal trainers, coaches, gym owners, all that sort of stuff, we're in a really, really unique position where we can not only you know get the best out of someone physically, but we can sit down with them and we can really talk about where they're where they're at in life and and you know their mindset and their and their sort of perspective on everything too. So I think we're in a really really lucky position. Oh, mate, as Sean, so spot on. And I think for probably yourself, you'll understand as well. As it's it's just as important for us as coaches and trainers and to understand the physiology and the psychology the best we can without having to be, you know, a psychologist to understand that people are coming to us for training, but we need to be on point. We need to have our mental health in the best position we actually can to be able to help others. And that's one thing I've learned that, you know, when, when clients walk into your gym or walk into my studio, it's, it's up to us to identify within that first second of seeing them, do I feel like they need you know, a good trainer session today, a good leg session, or do I feel they need a bit of therapy today? Sometimes a bit of both. Most of the time it's a little bit of both. But what you said then, I think it's very important for us to learn to identify the physiology of the, of the individual when they walk in the door, their body language, how they walk, how they talk. Are they giving short answers to our questions to indicate that they may be having a bad morning, bad afternoon, bad night, et cetera? I think it's just so paramount that we educate ourselves, kind of like you're doing at the moment, Sean, and you're here, there, and you're talking, and you're doing some amazing things. It's incredible for me to sit back and watch. And, I, and, and I'm sure what you're doing is, again, it's rubbing off on many other people because I think trainers are starting to identify that, you know, we need to really pick our game up. And, and obviously, we're not just a trainer anymore. It's going beyond that. And obviously, identifying and having professionals in our corner as well, knowing that we don't have to diagnose every problem, but... We need to identify if someone's not having a very good day and maybe, you know, pass them on to certain professionals if required. I think that's very important as well. Yeah, absolutely, for sure, mate. And what's it sort of taught you, I mean, your, your personal life and obviously you've got a really good personal story as well. Um, and, you know, have you felt like this sort of journey you've had, especially being a coach, has grown you um, to be like the person you are today? Like what? You know, take us back 20 years, you know, were, were you this energetic and were you this, um, you know, positive and was your mindset on point and what, uh, what, sort of, what, what have you sort of grown over the last, you know, five, ten years? It's, it's a fascinating question, Sean, and I think the answer to this probably is down to a lot of people. Like I run around day to day with a very, very high energy. I've pretty much got two gears, mate. It's all or nothing. <laughs> That's pretty, and usually, usually the nothing happens about 7.30 at night. I'm, I've got nothing. There's no point ringing or talking to you then. I'm kaput. But during, during the day, I'm go, go, go. But, but no, um. Believe it or not, I was actually a very shy, very quiet guy. Uh, yeah, I was. I lived in a shadow of my brother, to be very honest. He was very intelligent, very smart, very attractive. Basically, hey, he had everything that I ever wanted. And no, I was never envious. I just hid behind him because it was easy. And, and it wasn't unfortunately until he passed away that I all of a sudden, you know, I grew up. And, and this perspective all of a sudden hit me short. And it's like, wow, well, life's short, you know, well, I, my brother's just, he's not here anymore, so I need to live my life to the fullest. I can't live, you know, behind the shadow anymore. He's not here anymore, so now I'm going to be exposed. And and from that moment, I all of a sudden just started being a risk taker. I just thought, you know what, I've got nothing to lose anymore, Sean. So I all of a sudden, I just changed careers, got in the fitness industry, and then I was just, just loved it and started, got in it for the right reasons. I didn't get in it. I never chased money. I just got into purely to actually help people on the psychology side so no family has to witness what my brother had to go through, obviously. It's very traumatic. And then I then I just grew and then I just I got better at it and I started getting amazing results and I started, you know, get making a bit of a name for myself indirectly. I didn't try to do anything special. I was actually just me. I was very authentic. 
And and that and that just rode on, and I just built this confidence within myself. And then all of a sudden, fast forward eight years later, it's just I've learned so much resilience um, from my obviously overcoming adversity. And it wasn't just Dean; it was that was my brother. It was two years later when I lost, you know, a client, two clients within seven days, and and that ripped my heart out. And that was that was the hardest little two year period of my life. And and I and I sure enough, I got I got through it. And and I'm going to discuss later how I got through it, but. Sure enough, I got through it, but that taught me that wow, I was about as low as you can pretty much go going through this little era. Yet I've come out of it. I, I now do speaking gigs. I'm a, I'm a counselor. I'm onto my second book already. I own my own gym. These things never would have happened if I wasn't tested and had to overcome adversity. So to answer your question in short, there is uh, I'll make it short now. Is no, I was actually very quiet. I I, I, knew, I wasn't born with resilience. I wasn't born to learn to overcome adversity. It's something I just learnt later in life by getting dealt with a couple of short straws. Yeah, I love that. I love the mindset too of um, you know all or nothing. It's it's incredible, um, and I think it's a lot of people look at um, you know really really sort of positive people and and they they try and sort of emulate as much as they can whether they're, you know what they're doing and, and how they're sort of living their life and creating habits um, and you know. I mean, I, I myself look at um, a lot of people and just think, you know, that they've got a really good routine and um, they're living such a positive, positive sort of outlook on life, and and they're, um, you know, always expressing that they're, you know, they're feeling good, they're being, you know, they're, they're mentally stable and stuff like that too. Um, so I sort of try and emulate their habits and and try and create my own habits and stuff like that too. What's what's sort of a typical day for yourself? You know, do you sort of do some mindfulness mindfulness stuff or um, sort of talk through a, a normal yeah? Day? Look, Sean, absolutely. I'm I'm really actually really religious on this, and I do. I've always practiced what I preached. It's if I'm completely honest, it's very hard to push me down. It really is. Look, I, I have the off day, the off day like the next person I'm on is only human being. But 99% of my days are pretty up. But I have to work hard for that and and I really work hard for that. You know, I'll get up in the morning and I won't even be looking at my phone. The minute I wake up, basically have a shower or jump in the pool. The fence get a bit cold now in winter. I usually jump in the pool. That's usually my starting point. If I can get a surf in, good. If I can't get a surf in, I'll get up and I'll just play music straight away. Music for me is therapy. And I always come into work. I always come into work an hour before I see my first client. I used to book clients in, obviously, you know, doing the PT life. You'd start at five, etc. I don't see anyone until around six thirty to seven thirty now because I like to get in around that five thirty mark. And I'll actually just come in and I'll just sit here with a coffee and I'll just sit out in the middle of my gym on my little chair that I've got, that little bench there, and I'll just sit there and play music. And I basically just get in my zone. And what I'm doing is I'm just getting myself in a state ready for the day, ready for the day. And that's so important that I prepare my mindset for that day. So I'll just sit there and I'll write down gratitude. I'll always write down things I'm grateful for. Sometimes, you know, Sean, I might even sit there and read a, a few paragraphs of, of a Bible. I'll sit there and I'll say prayer. All, all, all these things here, they add up over time. And, and the, the more that you do it and the more that you're just feeding yourself that positivity every single morning, the minute you wake up in the morning, your mind's looking for that, Sean. The minute you wake up, it's fun. Give me that more. And you know what? And you keep giving up. You just keep feeding it. All we're doing is feed, treating it like your muscles. A brain that's all a brain. A brain is just a muscle. It, it just wants to be fed. But it wants to be fed good nutrition, Sean, you know? So all I'm doing is feeding it, feeding it, feeding it. And, and before you know it, it's basically every day becomes Groundhog Day for the good. Yes, there'll be once every I would say once every month I hit a really low because when you're working in our field, 
and you're working with, you know, do a lot of counselling with people that are suicidal. So it is going to bring you down. But it, it's usually it's once a month, but I'm aware of that and I identify that and I don't try to fight it. I just try to keep my normal routine going day to day to day. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get it cranky or angry or why do I feel this way? I simply understand that this is a byproduct of helping people. So what I need to do is go with it, keep my same routine, keep the basics going, don't change a thing. If I've got to work, keep working. If I've got to train, I keep training, keep my nutrition on point. Control everything I can control on that off day because that is just as important as the days because when things roll, they roll nicely. You know what I mean? But, and and, that, and then it becomes easy. But you've got to be weary of that day that, that just hits you and and you need to know how to manage that day as well because if you can manage that day, there's a very good chance the very next day you're back to that start of that good month again. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And I've, I've really grown in that, especially over this period that we're in at the moment, this this lockdown. Um, you know, I think probably the first week after the, the whole lockdown, I was sort of, uh, probably a lot of gym owners and business owners are probably trying to get back on their feet, trying to find ourselves and get back into a bit of a, into a rhythm and, and routine. And, um, you know, I, I made the conscious effort of, you know, sitting down and, um, you know, every single morning uh, before I, you know, look on social media or anything like that, I'll read 10 pages of a book um, just to get myself into that routine. And, and, you know, you're right, sort of start feeding my brain and, and get my mindset right. Um, and then the same thing before I go to sleep, you know, before I go to sleep and, and, um, and hit the hay, I'll read another 10 pages or, or another chapter or something like that too. So small things like that that I started off doing, um, you know, a very, very long time ago, but they've really stuck with me from now. And it's, it's sort of getting into that habit and that routine and into that rhythm and, and really feeding your body, like you said, because you wake up and, and automatically your brain wants that. It wants that, wants that sort of, you know, that nutrition back in. That's true. Um, you know, I'll wake up in the morning and if I have to get get my daughter up out of bed, I did this morning actually at 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, got, I got her up, made sure she yeah. was comfy and gave her some milk and then got my book straight out and and, um, and got my pages in. So it was sort of like a craving. I had to get those those uh, those pages in to start the day off right. And, um, you know, I'm a big believer in, in wake up and move like yourself, you know, get up and go for a walk or get up and, and go do a session and, and get your body and get your mind and get your day started. Just right. on, so, on that point, um, that's a, it's a great point you say that because the biggest thing I find is that, you know, people can, what we're saying now, Sean, is that people can start it and go, okay, I've done it for the last week but nothing's happening, this and that. It's basically a game of cons- just being consistent. It's like if someone goes to the gym twice a week, you know, for six weeks and they wonder why they're maybe not putting on the muscle they like to do. It's the same thing. The brain, the mind's the same thing. If you're only feeding it twice a week with, you know, with everything that we're talking about, you're probably not going to be too much further in six weeks. You're going to be further than you were. But the key is being, being just consistent and doing it over and over again and looking at the bigger picture because this is definitely not a short game. We're looking at the big big picture and it's something that you're going to work on. And you'll find, I do find when people, you know, when they've lost their way a little bit and they're, they're doing sequences that we're talking about for a few months, whatever, that, then they lose their way, you'll probably find that they probably slackened off. Say it's no deal to some point with their results. All of a sudden you find they've slackened off. There's generally going to be, uh, generally be a simple reason. It's simply because they've just lost their way, lost motivation, or they could have some personal issues going on. There's a big thing for coaches as well to under, understand that. You know, sometimes if your client's not getting the results you like, you know, sometimes it's not what you're doing. It's probably what you don't know. It could be a simple fact that it's the psychology of that client that maybe needs it, maybe needs some help because if that mind's not on check, well, they're not going to do the training. They're not going to do the nutrition as well, you know. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that consistency, and it's a good, really, really good metaphor as well to use, like especially in the fitness industry. You know, consistency is key to achieving something and achieving your goals. You know, whether it be your diet, your physical exercise, um, and that mindset thing is such an important, important part of it. I think, and um, I think a lot of other people need to really, you know, it, it's really good to set out goals and say, I want to, I want to add this much amount of weight by this time, or I want to shred up by this time, or lose this many kilos. Um, and you put in a game plan. You're not going to go to the gym five days a week. I'm going to do this. I'm going to, you know, make sure I'm eating my calories, all that sort of stuff. Um, but if your mindset's not right, if your mindset's not being fed at the same time, and and you're not sort of getting that uh, that really really healthy intake of, um, you know, good sourceful energy into yourself, all those other goals are going to be super super tough to get. They're not going to be impossible, but you're not going to give yourself a yeah. nice chance. Um, I believe you, you want to be able to give yourself the best chance of achieving those goals in the best possible way. So um, I think that's really good, mate, that, you know, that, that sort of inf- investment into your mindset is super yeah. important um, into achieving, you know, every single sort of goal that you can put towards yourself um, and just being happy and healthy, to be honest. Like it's, it doesn't have to be goal-related. It can just be waking up every day and, and being happy and being grateful for, you know, what you've got, where you are and, and the opportunities that you've got as well. So absolutely love it mate tell me about um tell me about some of your speaking and stuff that you do because I've, I've seen a lot of videos and um you've done a lot of events around the country and stuff like that tell yeah that, that was that. it was funny how that sort of come apart it was uh I, I just did a random speaking gig one day at the alliance for suicide prevention they just opened this amazing facility on the sunshine coast here and i just happened to do a small gig there one day and it happened to be some real high profile people in the crowd that i didn't even know of to be very honest and I just got approached after that, and the lady was she just loved the way that I spoke, just because it was real or real authentic, and 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 basically, I was believable. And and then all of a sudden, you know, this lady, you know, Jennifer Swain, her name is that manages me today. She's an incredible lady, and and she sort of has a lot of ties and and little contacts and stuff, and and things just sort of led on from there. Then opportunities come up, and when opportunities come and knock, and you know what it's like, Sean, you've just got to take them up. So when opportunities, so it's just a. Uh, my mechanic dropping off my keys, <laughs> my, my car, my car broke down, my new car. So, um, yeah, 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 it was a live video for you. And, um, yeah, yeah, but all of a sudden then opportunities just come up and I just took them. So all of a sudden there might have been, a you know, an AUOK day or any specific event that someone wanted to, you know, wanted some story told that has, you know, overcoming adversity, building resilience. So basically using your, you know, your, your background, the stories that you're the, the, the hardships that you've encountered, but everything's got to have a positive ending, Sean. You know, I mean, it's no, it's one thing telling a hard life story, but you've got to give a message to people to go, you know what? Hey, I'm just a regular person, I'm not genetically gifted on anything, I'm not, you know, I'm not the prime minister, I'm, I'm not a movie star, I'm just a regular person like you, 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 and you. And I went through my real hard times, but I can get out of it. So, the whole point of them is more or less just giving that, giving people some belief that, you know what, if I can do it, I mean, you can get out of it as well. So, and, and, I, and I love it, you know, I can speak all day, clearly. And and it's just, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a tough industry, the, the speaking industry, but, you know, it's it's not my full-time gig. I just, when when opportunities come up, I just put my hand up and, and go for them. Oh, I love it, enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, it is a lot of fun. I'm, I remember I spoke at a, um, an event up in Orange. I remember that, last yeah. Year. And it's, yeah, it, it's really, it is a powerful sort of thing you can do because you're standing up and you, you have to be super vulnerable, especially when you're talking about mental health and you have to be, um, you know, you've got to be pretty, uh, 
you know, forward when you when you are speaking about it. And I got up there and told my story, and um, it was to a room of you know two hundred three hundred people that I had never met before, and I pretty much had to spill my beans to, to every single one of them. And it's it is you know you are right. You have to end with a positivity, mm. and you have to give them a message and, and give them a reason that they can actually watch it and and take something from it. That's um that's gonna you know it might influence them in in some sort of way it might not but you know if you can tell your story and if you've got sort of enough um energy and passion and stuff like that about it i think i think speaking is super powerful um and you can reach so many people oh absolutely sean and i think the the last one i'd done was was actually one of my favorite ones i'd done and it was just recently it was actually the two weeks before this actually big shutdown and i'd done my talk and at the back end of the talk there was something that just I don't know, just something coming to my mind when I was talking at the end of it. And I just wanted people to know that because I, you can speak to me and I'm, I'm like yourself, uh, you know, I'm sort of very confident. I don't know where I go, who I'm talking to. I'm always the same. I'm actually not shy of anything. But I get petrified speaking. I feel comfortable doing the talk. But the lead up, I actually won't eat for a day leading up to the event. I literally, I am that nervous because I care so much about delivering what I want to deliver. And I was actually funny because I'm doing this podcast next week with a guy that's um, amazing, um, imposter syndrome. So basically the self-doubt that we get when we're doing any, we're trying to achieve any goal, whether someone's jumping on a podcast or whether someone's speaking or whatever it might be. And I was trying to, to teach people that because in the crowd, you can talk and you know that, wow, there's people in here that are relating to my story. You just know that the message is getting across. And, and I did explain to them that my moment coming up here, I was so nervous. I was so sweating. It was literally not my normal self, but that's normal because any speaking gig, you might be able to agree here. It doesn't matter how good you are or who you're talking to. It's a very nervous thing because it's a sensitive topic as well and you want to deliver. So I taught, I was teaching people at the end saying, you know what, you all have a story, you've got to share it because you, you are going to empower people. Then after it, so many people come up and said, oh, I love your story. It was amazing. But I just, I, I couldn't get enough of the last part. You seem so confident on stage and you seem like you had it all together. You wouldn't even know you were nervous. And I said, yeah, I was petrified. I said, but I, but I, know, I, know, my, I know my job. I know what I'm trying to deliver so I can get the message across, not a worry. I just so you know, you, these girls were saying that, oh, I can't do it because I'm petrified. But now knowing that you were petrified, wow, now I can actually go ahead and do it. I said, yeah, everyone's petrified. Tony Robbins gets petrified when he goes through his talk. That's why he spends an hour priming himself out the back. And he comes on when he feels like he hasn't come on and he's scheduled 10.30 or whatever it is. He comes out when he's ready to go, you know. So I think if people can learn to overcome that little fear there, it's going to be more powerful. And the more people that can share their message and share that vulnerability, like you said, it's so powerful, Sean. And 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 think that's our secret moving forward to understand that, you know what, everywhere you turn, someone's pretty, pretty much got a similar story in some way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I completely agree. You know, everyone does have a story to tell. And I think um, the, the big thing when I, when I started this podcast, I had a lot of people contact me and I contact a lot of people and say, hey, I want to get you on the podcast and, and have a chat. And, you know, a lot of them were like, you know, what do you want to talk to me? What do you want to, why do, why do you want me to be on the podcast? You know, I'm, I'm, uh, I haven't done anything sort of major in my life. I haven't done this. And, but everyone's got a story, mate. Like everyone, everyone has something to tell. And um, I really believe that, uh, you know, whether it be 
just some sort of positivity or some sort of life lesson that they've learned when they've when they've gone through some adversity and i think if if we can get people's story out there more people can understand that they're not alone as well so if you get someone saying you know i was uh, i was i was a tradie and I, I just wasn't enjoying it um and you know all my mates were tradies and, and stuff like that but i finally got out and i went and do what I want to do. I want. I want to do an arts degree. I wanted to be a, a copper, and I went out and I did it, and now I feel amazing. Um, you know, that could trigger someone to say, "Hey, I'm in the exact same position he was ten years ago. I don't want to be doing what I'm doing. He's done it. This is how he's done it. Now I can That's go do it." So, so powerful. I think everyone's story is really, really powerful to be able to influence someone to be doing, you know, the smallest thing or the biggest thing in their life. So. I think it's super powerful. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree anymore. And I think that's the fact that we are just, you know, regular people. And, and and I think that, you know, gives people more positivity to know that we're just regular people. So it's not like I'm a movie star here you're talking to and I've got a, I've got a lucky break or or however it might be. It's the fact that if we you can do it, I can do it and vice versa. I think that's pretty powerful. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Tell us a bit about your Yeah, it's how you think. So I, I, I wrote this. Uh, the the ideas got suggested to me, and I'm like, mate, I, I can't barely put a sentence together. So no, I'm not going to write a book. And then I thought about it that night, and, and the guy goes, mate, you have like a very unique, crazy story. You should share it. And I'm like, well, who wants like what you said? Who wants to hear my story? And then I thought to myself, I think it took me 24 hours to think about it. I'm like, why can't I? Why can't I write a book? Anyway, I, I found a, a ghostwriter who was local in my area. I just thought I, I, I'm a face-to-face person when working. I thought that was easier. And all of a sudden, mate, we just started brainstorming. I just started writing. And all of a sudden, mate, I, I didn't realise I had so much information up here because <laughs> you, you, think, you don't know what you don't know and, and you don't know what you know until someone asks you a question. And, so, and when you start writing, it's amazing. It's almost like a debrief. It's almost like a counselling session. The amount of things that come out of your mind and, and you're going back in the archives. And, and, and all, I just enjoyed the process. And all of a sudden, it just teaches people on how to overcome adversity. I talk about, you know, where it all started with, you know, me being younger, being shy, being in the shadow of a brother and, you know, a very successful brother. And all of a sudden, then he takes his life. And then, then you know, and, and, and I spoke about how I got out of that hole. And so everything has a great story that I spoke about, the journeys I had with certain clients that, you know, took their life as well and how I got out of that and all the tools that I used to get out of that adversity. So everything everything in there, is a, it's a story, but there's, there's a lesson on very, very simple things. There's nothing overcomplicated in there. I'm a very, very simple guy, to be very, very honest with all the information, because our topic is quite simple. It's, it's just simple tools, but it's about, it's about executing the tools that we talk about. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, and it just, I just enjoy the process to the point where I, after that, it was pretty draining. I said, I'd never write another book. So I was, after nine months of writing, I'm just going, mate, I, I was doing that, studying, running the gym. I'm just running myself in the ground. And then finally enough, three months later, I decided I'm going to write another one. And I, But this one, I know, this one's completely different, Sean. This one's it's like a gratitude journal, but with a whole heap of education, just stuff that is not in the other book. This is a, like a whole other level of stuff that I've learned from speaking, being around amazing people, which now there's amazing connections up on the Sunshine Coast where I'm living at the moment. So I just learned um, so much more information by having greater connections and, like you say, talking now, just things things like this. It's amazing what you learn and, and when you play back or you listen to other people doing the same sort of podcast. And I do a lot of reading. I'm a bit of a nerd. Like I, I don't mind reading and educating myself because it's pretty powerful. So anything I can learn that can give to somebody else, I've now just put it in this journal that I'm making now. And um, 
And that's the whole point at the moment. Amanda is um, on one of your questions on the sheet was got moving forward. I just need to give all this information that I know that I've learned. Very very simple stuff, direct stuff to as many people as I can. So it's been a this one's been very very exciting, just completely different to the other one. So I can't wait to get it out. Yeah, love it, mate. Love it. So but talking back, like um, over the over the past sort of eight to ten years, um, you know, obviously you, you've gone through a lot and you've 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 been a part of a lot of things as well. What's uh, what's probably the biggest thing you've learnt, especially with working um, with people, not only in the fitness industry, but you know, with their mental health and stuff like that. What's the biggest thing you learnt, not only about yourself, um, but about you know how to um, you know create an environment, you know, whether it be in your gym or um, you know you've got a lot of like online clients as well, which is great, and you know you're trying to sort of create not only a brand for yourself, but a sort of message that you're trying to prevail. What, what's the, the biggest thing you've learned? Yeah, probably probably a few things. It's um, one, teaching people about just don't quit, just don't quit, never give up. And pro- probably the other biggest thing is, um, I'll put this one in words, trying to summarise this one. Oh, I've just got blank. I'm just There's something in my mind that I, that I, want, I wanted to get out. I can't think of what it is. But I, th- I, think, I think just... Just what, what I've learned along the way, I'm just trying to put this into good words. I can't quite think how I'm trying to put this into words without. But I think just more of, I'll, simply, I'll come back to that one, but more just keeping it, keeping everything very simple and just learning not to, just learning not to give up and not quitting and teaching people that you have to believe in yourself because if you don't believe in yourself, no one's going to believe in you. All these things like, you know, obviously give people all the education, but very, very simple things that, that, I, that I've just said then, Sean. It's very, it's very, very simple. But again, just the connections and 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 having having a good circle around you, just having a good environment. I make sure I keep my team strong, powerful, positive, because that's going to stem onto the next the next person along. So keeping all my connections close, teaching people, really educating people about again, just keep going and things will always get better, Sean. They always get better. It's like an analogy, right? It's like when things are going wrong and you're going through a, a, a pretty bad moment. I, I try to explain it like a – it's like when you're out in the surf, right, and and you know what a big wave dumps you. And guess what? It dumps you again and it dumps you again and it dumps you again. And that's what it feels like when you're going through that adversity of that moment. But then what you'll find in a month later, that wave still hits you pretty hard, but it's less frequent. There's a bigger gap between their waves. So I kind of just describe that to clients to go, you know what, look, it's things do get better. And using that analogy at the start, you know, you're just getting dumped and dumped and dumped. But as the time goes on, that period between that wave, it expands and, and it's less frequent and it's more inconsistent. It still hits you hard, but it might only be every month or then every two months and then every three months and then so on. So everything does get better. We don't see it. At the start, obviously, because we're going through that adversity. But if you can get out of that adversity, I'll tell people that's the, the adversity, the power of adversity is mind blowing if you can overcome it. And the way to overcome it, again, it's just going back to basics, keeping things simple, keeping your circle tight, doing all the basic things we spoke about, Sean, just the gratitude and the simple things in life, being consistent with it, and everyone will move forward. So the biggest thing I've learned, you know, it's, it's they're really simple things, what I said there. And, and and but that is the simple simple fact, Sean. That is that is the key. Is you 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 got to take one step at a time, and just and just be patient. Don't don't try to get ahead of yourself because understand that 
overcome adversity, you will go at some point, you're going to go five steps forward, but you are going to go three back. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. But you still went five forward, didn't you? You didn't go five forward, 10 back. You went five forward, three back, and then you went five forward, three back. But if you keep adding that up, they're not, you are stepping forward. You are going forward. And it's just important that, you know, you just take one step at a time and just take one day at a time. Don't get overwhelmed. Don't look too far ahead. Just focus on things you can control and control the controls for now. Yeah, yeah absolutely love that, mate. It's, uh, it's uh, super powerful. What um, with, with this this lockdown, obviously this this is sort of a bit of a adversity as well when we're, you know, we want to get into back into the gym. We want to start coaching people and stuff like that. How are you doing with all this? Uh, yeah, this well, well, I'll give you two answers. One for the first month, for the first probably few days, it was it was strange because obviously my gym shut down. Uh, what after day two on the I think it was announced on Sunday that gyms were going to close down. Then they announced on Tuesday that any sort of indoor PT etc had to shut down. So I shut down then. It was a it was a weird. Very strange day, I, and even the next day was very strange. And after a couple of days, I'm like, you know what? I haven't had a really a day, a day off, a full day off work for, you know, I don't know, maybe two years or so, eighteen months, two years. So for the for the for the, for the first week, I was like, this is great. I'm actually enjoying this. I, I've got no schedule. I've got no routine. Then it sort of sunk in after a week. I'm going, okay, this is for the long haul now. And and I guess lucky for me that you know I have a lot of hobbies, and you know I was, I, I decided to surf more. We were still allowed out at this point. We still are in Queensland here. So I was allowed to surf. So I was, I was actually still allowed to train in my gym. So for, on a personal note, everything pretty much stayed the same. But I was talking to my team, you know, a couple of times a week via Zoom and trying to keep them motivated because they didn't have their gym, which most people are relying on their gym. But funny, the funny thing is I've been telling people for the last 12 months, Sean, especially my team, is that you guys need more hobbies outside the gym because one day the gym's not going to be here. And sure enough, sure enough, it's mm. not here. So I think, I think utilising the time and understanding that, you know, let's be realistic. Everyone for the last two years has been talking about life's fast, hard. There's no time. There's no downtime. There's no day off. I need a day off. I'm tired. Everyone's tired. So we've got to understand, well, this is everyone's. Put money aside. Don't be driven by money at this moment. And, and you know, some people need their money to get by. Everyone does. But everything's going to work out. Everything eventually will work out. So it's pretty much utilizing the time as much as you can to maybe change your career, maybe get a get maybe get a new job, start picking up an instrument, start doing something you don't genuinely do, start writing a book. I, I did a lot of writing while I was off, and I spent a lot more time with the family, which was which was great, which I hadn't been doing. So it, there was a lot of there was I, I didn't actually see a negative other than you know if I say a negative was probably the oh, I miss seeing people, I miss going to the pub for a beer like the next person. But I got over that very quickly. It's just like, it is what it is. You can't dwell on that. So I actually just spent my mind focusing on what I can do, but I didn't really worry about what I can't do. Whereas too many people at the moment probably sitting back and I want to do this and I want to do that. It doesn't help the mind at all. What you should be doing is focusing on the things you actually can do and things that are available. There's still still many, many things you can do. You just can't have your old lifestyle. For now. For now, that was it. So. And that's and that was what I see most people. It's just like their their minds focus on. There's no gym. There's no gym. There's no gym. I'm fat. I'm small. I'm this and all the above. And their minds going crazy. So their nutrition went out the window. But they they could have still walked. There's other million other things they could have done. They could have you know I don't know rode, rode a bike, take the dog for a walk, take the family for a walk, just doing doing all these things. Abide by social distancing rules. But there was still there was still a lot that could have been done. But I think quite too many just got caught in the 
oh, that's, this isn't fair. I'm just going to wait till the doors reopen again. And that and that's not going to yeah. fix anything. And I, I know that can sound a bit harsh and straight to the point, but the fact of reality is, sure, we're in, we're in a world that's fast, that's hard, that's unforgiving, and sometimes we just got to pick up the chin, mate, and actually just get on with it. And, and that's how I've been trying to deal with most yeah. people. I could sit here and pat them on the back and say, oh, I know, I'm sorry, I just no gym open, it's not, it's not cool. Sympathy never fixed anyone. I empathise. I empathise for everyone that hasn't got a gym. I'm lucky I've still got my gym to train at. I understand that, but it's not there anymore. So we've just got to find different ways to put a smile on our face. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, there is, I mean, there is plenty of things that everyone else could be doing and, and you know, learning new things and, and you know, even like this, like doing podcasts and stuff, I wasn't able to do podcasts before the gyms closed down because I wasn't able to sort of find the time to do Perfect. it. So now that I've got the time, I've been able to, to nut down on this and, you know, spending more time with the family and the kids and all that sort of stuff too, which is just amazing. You know, it's it sort of uh, it makes you think that, you know, you never really want this to end. This this awful <laughs> lockdown is not that awful. It's funny you say that, like, you know, if, if you go even broader again, you know, let's have a look at the things like the planet, the oceans, the ozone, ozone layer. There were less cars on the road, you know, pollution, you know, places like, you know, New York and LA can actually see the skyline first thing in the morning. So what whilst, whilst we're, yeah. as individuals, unfortunately, we just get very consumed in ourselves and we're not looking at the bigger picture. I think that's pretty important to understand that, you know, sometimes when we're going through this crazy time, but this is bigger than us. Let's look beyond us and actually look at the, all the other great things that are happening. Look at the families that all the people that never exercise that are now walking because they're bored, they've got nothing to do. So now they're actually exercising. So a lot of people are, are now going to benefit from the exercise that weren't actually doing it before. So there's so much great there. And, and all I've done, Sean, is tried to look, make my mind look at nothing but all the positives were set now. Look, your mind does drift in like, damn, I just want a schooner. I just want to go to the bar and, and or go out to dinner and lunch. But it gets in there, but you get it out again because there's no point dwelling on it. And it'll happen soon. You know what I mean? Probably for us yeah. more than you quicker. I don't know. But um, in Queensland, we're doing, we're doing pretty good here. But, yeah, so you, it's just, again, it's all a mindset thing, as you said, isn't it? It's just being a mindset and accepting where you're at and focusing on what you can do, not what you can't. Yeah, absolutely. No, I love that, mate. So going forward, mate, where, what's uh, what's the plan for you next? Where, where, where am I heading now? now? It's, it's funny you ask this, actually, because the time that I've been off, <laughs> I've been highly confused because when you're off, you tend to think, overthink stuff. So I've actually been sitting around and, and thinking about many things. And, and do I want to do, you know, in 18 months, so much have changed. You know, I mean, I wasn't writing books. I wasn't doing counseling. I wasn't doing speaking gigs 80 months ago. So, so much has changed in a very short time. So I was wondering, who is Leon? What is Leon? What am I doing? What am I meant to do? And I was confused. And, and then I, look, <laughs> I, I trained my, without getting off topic a little bit, but I, I trained my pastors in, the, in our church. I like going to church, right? I just, it's, it's sort of my sanity, you know what I mean? And, and, I, and I've just been going there and, and, and I was talking to one of the pastors and he, he just said one thing. He just goes, Leon, what you need to do is just take your hands off the wheel. Just basically take your hands off the wheel. Stop trying to steer everything. Stop trying to make things happen. And once he said that to me two weeks ago, it's funny what, it's funny what doors open because now I'm just, instead of trying to make, you've got to make things happen working for yourself. I understand that. But I'm kind of just going with, day-to-day and opportunities just sort of seem to open when you just sit back and and just keep working hard for the right reasons and doors just open. So for me sitting back, I don't look too far ahead. Sure, I kind of go, you know, week to week at the moment, but I, what I do is I focus on 
what I'm going to do in the week, do it effectively. So the quality of everything I do in the week is the best I can. And things brought up from there. So naturally, I've got the journal, the gratitude journal I'm writing now. There's a couple of big Zoom chats, the podcast that I'm interviewing people next week, which are quite amazing, which are like super exciting. But these people are amazing. And again, that's just come abroad just from putting my hands up and just letting things kind of happen for me, if that makes sense. So so it's a very interesting yeah. it's a very interesting one to try to explain to people, but it's very hard sometimes to kind of take your hands away. And because we want to make things happen, especially if you go get her and stuff like that. But what I've learned is that I'm, 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 I'm a lot more patient than I ever was. So things just seem to happen when I just focus on doing great stuff here as opposed to just trying to do this and what am I doing? I'm doing that, this and that. And once I do this great in the week, something's done so well that it's, it opens the door over here. Okay, I'll do, now I'll do this. Okay, well, gee, that's, oh, that's yeah, Okay, I'll do that now. And that's kind of how it, how it's all sort of unfolded. So I'm very short-term goal. I have a bigger picture. You know, I want to keep building the brand, et cetera. And, you know, I'll, I'll finish this next this next gratitude journal. And then I want to do more speaking gigs and get that book and just get out in the public a lot more and maybe maybe even travel with it. So it's um it's just endless. I love my coaching. My coach is number one. I did realize how much being away when shows were shut down, bodybuilding shows, I did realize how much I missed it because I've been, you know, I've been bodybuilding for 19 years. So it's a long time. So it was, it was kind of a the layoff I needed to understand that, wow, I actually really miss this. So I just want to go, go back to start, pretty much go back and start again now, which was what a lot, a lot of us have to do and start rebuilding again and just pretty much take the same route as I did last time because to get to this position, I did take my hands off the wheel and just let nature sort of take its course. I had obviously, and, 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 you, and you tend to find your purpose when you're relaxed. You're doing, you're doing work for the goodness of your heart and everything just sort of opens up from then on. Yeah, I love that. It's, uh, it's really powerful to be able to just sort of let stuff go and just let stuff happen as well and, and you know, close all those mental tabs and be able to sort of, um, you know, see things a little bit clearer, especially in these times. You can, you can you, I mean, you are thinking a lot more than we probably were, you know, six months ago because we've got a lot more time to think. So um, to be able to sit there and, and close those mental tabs and then really, really think about everything that you're going through and everything that um, that's sort of on your path at the moment and be able to say, all right, I'm going to, step back from this I'm going to focus 100% on this and give this my 100% um, and you know give that a ride and then yeah opportunities do they, they open straight up and and then that opportunity opens another one and then after you know five or six months you realize that the tab that you closed six months ago can uh, can remain closed and and you can continue to sort of focus on what you're doing and the path that you're on so I think that's uh, that's super powerful mate thank you um, mate one, one last question that I do ask yep. everyone is Going back, say, 10, 15 years, um, if you could tell yourself something, what would it be? Yeah, well, I guess I guess in my way, I, I'd always say that, you know, when I started getting in the fitness industry, you know, the first thing you say was, gee, I wish I started this earlier and this and that. But look, I, I, I just believe, I, I guess I had more belief in myself. If, if, I, if I talk about my self-worth, self-belief, I, I, I was afraid to fail. I hid in the shadow for too long. And it took me crazy adversity to come out of that shadow. So if I could turn back the clock, I'd go, you know what, gee, I wish I took opportunities, you know, 15 years ago. Then, But then I always say things are always going to happen for a reason, Sean. So if I had taken opportunities back then, it might have guided me to a different purpose that maybe not have been where I was meant to go. So I'm a big believer that things are all happening for a reason. 
And sometimes people's hardships they, they go through, unfortunately, you know, will, will actually define them at the end. And I feel that's kind of what's what's happened with myself. So if I if I was to take what well, I don't think I can I, I don't think I can honestly sit here and regret anything of the way that I've gone about my life or how long it's taken me to get into this industry now at 35. You know, at, at first I thought, gee, I wish I started early. And but now I look back on the bigger picture and I go, you know what? No, because there's there's 43 years of experience that now I can give to people. So if I, I've always said I seem to go around the long way in life. Everything I do seems to be the long way. But for me, I seem to have a lot of knowledge and education that, that's valuable. You can't learn. You can't study. You can read as much, you know, positive positivity, mental health articles, suicidal articles as you want. But when you're walking along suicide people, which I've done for so long, you know, no, nothing can put a price on that. So I, I actually almost wouldn't take anything back. At all, I think it's important for people to understand that when they say that, oh, I wish I started this early, this and that, but but then you may not know what you know now because I got, I was in the fitness industry when I was twenty, and if I was still in it, if I was you know checked in it then, I probably wouldn't be here now. I probably would have been burnt out. I probably would have been out of it yeah. and, over and be done with it. But now I can be a little more wiser and smarter. So I'm one person to sit back and go, you know what? I'm I'm going to take all my all my tools and education that I've learned over the last 43 years because it's almost invaluable now and that's what for me makes the psychology and the counselling almost second nature. I find it very, very easy to work with people and because there's, I've kind of seen a lot. So, yeah, so I guess I might answer that question a little bit differently to people is that I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't take anything back. I'm happy to do one hell of a long apprenticeship because it's, yeah. uh, it's kind of made me do man today. Yeah. Yeah, no, I love it, mate. Leon, thanks so much for joining me. I really, uh, really thank appreciate you, mate. I really appreciate your time, Sean. Thank you. Keep up the great work too. Hopefully we can um thank you, mate. Really appreciate it. Really do appreciate it. It's um it's great to have everyone support. Um hopefully I can uh, get up there and, and uh, do a session in the gym. Absolutely. Um it's a lot warm up there again and it's actually freezing <laughs> once again. I'm in here in my shirt, I've got the air conditioner on and it's still it's still hot in here, mate. You know what I mean? It's yeah, it's, it's, it's quite beautiful yeah, up no. here, mate. Just to rub it in, so sorry. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm not. <laughs> Thanks My so pleasure, much, mate. mate. You take care. Thanks, guys. Cheers, mate. Yeah, man.